0: Hey, how's it going? This is Jonathan here on another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur. I'm with a good friend of mine. His name is Rajat Begaria. He's 19 years old. He's from Philadelphia and he created a company called Third Eye, which is a nonprofit that has a product that empowers visually impaired people to allow them to become independent to themselves and not on others. Rajat, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for doing this, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, no problem. So, the first question is, tell us about yourself, who are you and what is your story?
1: yeah, so I'm nineteen right now. I'm actually a student at Penn. Um, and something that's always been like extremely important to me is like doing something that really can empower somebody and really change their lives by at least ten times. I, you know I'm really interested in creating some kind of product that fundamentally changes the ways a group of people do their everyday beings. And that's how kind of Third Eye came about. And basically, what Third Eye is is it's a product that empowers visually impaired people by basically recognizing exactly what they're looking at. So they don't have to consistently ask for help, whether that's from strangers, their relatives, friends, whatever, you know, they can go out and do whatever they want to do um, independently. Mm. And kind of how it works is you basically use your phone um, and you can just point at any object you want to, you don't know what it is, right? And you just press a button and within a few seconds you'll know that it's like a $5 bill or it's uh, it's a black water bottle or whatever it might be, right?
0: so where does your passion come from where did it all start
1: so i guess um in regards to third eye my our co-founder his name is joe uh joe's grandfather was actually visually impaired uh, and so joe always talked about how his grandfather consistently had to ask for help and basically everything he did uh, you know in simple things just recognizing medicine or recognizing exactly what he's eating just simple things that this software could probably easily solve. He had to ask for help and as a result of that, um, you know, didn't have a lot of depend- independence in life. And, and that's kind of how this idea came about. Um, more generally, I guess, our team and I, like, all of us, like, you know, we're in college, like, our opportunity costs are literally nothing. Um, and we just thought, you know, like, why the hell not, right? Like, this can really change the lives of people, so. And it's just exciting to work on something that's that kind of product, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, obviously you have the Penn shirt, so yeah. repping Penn University. <laughs> right. Um, so, what were some of the earlier struggles in uh, in in creating this uh, this idea, this this business? Yeah. Would yeah. Would you say that it's an idea more so, or do, would you actually say it's a legitimate business at this point?
1: I think by this point, I think it's a business. Um, so. Basically, like I think um, we actually built it at a hackathon. Like, like the first prototype for this, we actually built at a hackathon. Um, so we built it in a weekend, <laughs> which is interesting. But I think one of the biggest struggles was um, probably two struggles. Struggle number one is that we personally, like, our co-founders and I, like we're not, we're obviously not visually impaired, right? So we're not building a product for ourselves. Um, and you know how investors and like you know startupy people they always say, you know, build something that you want yourself. Um, because you're your first customer but because we didn't we weren't building it for ourselves we really had to go out and find visually impaired people to test this with um and that was difficult you know it's not like i can just go to facebook and search find me blind people in philadelphia or san francisco whatever um we really had to it was a big struggle at the beginning just to like make sure that this is a product that people even want uh, and i think the second biggest struggle is actually age um you know A lot of people these days say, you know, age isn't really a factor, Uh, especially, you know, I think San Francisco is the epitome of that. You know, there's 17-year-olds, Facebook, Snapchat, whatever. You have have all these stories, Um, like overnight billionaires is what it seems like. But at the same time, like, when you are in college and when you are extremely young, I found it very difficult to convince investors to say, like, hey, like, yeah, I'm young, but you really should, like. Like convincing them to invest in me, not really the idea, right? Mm. Um, and that's what what ended up happening. Like people may not have invested in the idea; they had to invest in me. Um, and convincing people that I was worth their time and their investment was probably difficult.
0: Um, how expand on that a little bit further? How were yeah. you? How were you able to do that?
1: Yeah. So I think I think it ended up just being validators, like finding validators that um, convince these people. So, for example, something that really helped us. Was getting a board of advisors, so at the beginning we were just three nineteen-year-olds. That's mm-hmm. not that. That's not that impressive, you know. We we're not blind. We don't. We're not our own customers. Um, we. I mean, like it's not the most obvious value proposition. But then, but then, basically, um, we were able to secure like five or six major players, like former entrepreneurs who had exited their own companies, venture capitalists, um, and just. People that are pretty well known in in, the, in tech, who were basically able to, we were able to get on board onto our board of advisors, and now what we have here is, yeah, we have three 19-year-old hustlers, but we also have, you know, former entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and that just boosted credibility a million times, and that really helped. Um, and I think the other validator we had was just like, you know, just this partnerships. Um, at the beginning, when we first saw the product, it was very difficult to convince some of these guys, um, but. As we went along, we were able to secure partnerships with uh, the National Federation of the Blind, which is like the biggest organization for blind people in the country, um, and also Penn Medicine. Mm. And so that really gave us another validator to say, no, these guys are actually legit. They're they're actually in this to make it happen, um, and they're worth your time, basically.
0: Did you use any specific techniques in order to get these top and uh, these top entrepreneurs that have exited their businesses in order yeah. to? you know, pull them and show them, like, hey, yeah. this, is, this is something amazing?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, a few things. So I really leveraged the student card. Um, mm-hmm. So I was actually, to be honest, I was thinking of dropping out last year to full, work on this full-time, but I decided not to do that. And I think one of the main reasons was because this whole student card thing, it really really works. Um, so every time I would reach out to, like, whoever, you know, some big big-shot person, I would say, you know, hey, you went to the same university as me. You went to Wharton. You went to Penn, um, and all I want is your advice. I don't want anything more than you than your advice. Mm-hmm. And as you know, people love to talk about themselves, um, and so whenever I ask them, hey, you know, I'm working on this. I'm extremely young. I just want your advice. I, I spent 15 minutes of your time, um, and then you know, of course they say yes. They're not going to say no to that. And once you have them, you know, once you have the door open, then you kind of work on getting their rapport, getting that trust with them then they're i don't know i found it usually they're really willing to get the next meeting um, but yeah generally like really leveraging university networks you know even if it's a small thing just like we went to the same school like that that means more than like not having no connection at all mm-hmm. um and also just asking for advice like don't ask for investment don't ask for you know be on our board just ask for advice and it just works
0: gotcha so, what would you say is one of your biggest failures uh, thus far throughout your your young career?
1: I think um, for Third Eye, we were focusing at the beginning a lot on smart glasses, on Google Glass, like that was our initial prototype, um, and we just thought, you know, that just it just made sense to us because you know the smart glasses would be right on your face, and you could say a command, you could say, "Okay, Glass, recognize this," and it would take the picture and recognize it. And it just made intuitive sense um that people would want this kind of thing right um at the same time though it was very expensive you know smart glasses would cost a visually impaired person like seven hundred dollars um and our 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 thinking was either insurance could cover that cost um which is primary of course um or the second idea would be you know we would cover that seven hundred dollars over like a two-year lifespan kind of like how the cell phone model works right and we thought that would be absolutely fine. You know, people, visually impaired people would be okay with that. Um, and so we spent like six, seven months trying to make that happen, mm-hmm. just the, the smart glass product. Um, and that actually ended up not working at all. Hmm. Um, just because, you know, people weren't willing to pay for it. And the, the our thinking was just like the time span it would need um, to get insurance was huge. Like we would have to do like a formal, formal, like very formal study um, and get, maybe even get it published in like a journal to get, um, you know, we, we needed hard numbers to get insured, right, reimbursements. So we were thinking like, how, how can we get this product to market basically without doing all that? You know, is there something that we can ship something tonight and get in the hands of blind people? Um, and that's kind of where this mobile app kind of came in. Mm. So basically like four months ago, we decided, okay, let's focus more on mobile. Maybe it's not the most intuitive product because you do have to use your phone and you do have to like press one button um, but at the same time, like it's gonna be a free app um, to download at least. And so like the opportunity costs are very low. It's very easy to distribute, and people people can just try it with with nothing to lose. Mm. So, and that's yeah.
0: so like what is your what is your role through throughout uh, for this business?
1: So uh, I guess like formally co-founder and CEO, okay. but like um, I guess more like more accurately basically what I'm doing is um, a few things. I think managing managing all of our engineers, of course, um, getting, getting money, and then also basically doing the most of the testing. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm the guy who goes out um, and takes a product that I'm working, uh, that our engineers have built, um, and really showing it to customers and saying okay here's what we have what do you guys think um how can we make this better for you more useful for you uh how much are you you know is is this model going to work for you the paying business model at least um and feedback really
0: yeah so what are some of the resources that you use every single day in order to you know basically just become more efficient throughout your your activity your day-to-day activities
1: yeah um i think like something that's it's, it's counterintuitive, I guess, but something that works quite well for me and probably another reason I've chosen not to drop out mm-hmm. is, is actually school, um, which is interesting because a lot of people say, you know, like, you, you can't really work on a business full-time when you're school. And I kind of believe in that. I kind of agree with that. But I also think that, like, when you have something and you have, like, you know, in a business, you don't have due dates, right? You don't have, like, okay, I need to do this by this. They're very um, flexible. But when you have like specific due dates in school, in in a sense, right? Um, what's worked for me is like it's I get all my stuff done for school very, very fast and efficiently, um, so that I have time to work on the business. And because of that, like my time management and efficiency and effectiveness has just gone through the roof. Like I don't, I've seen that I don't waste much time. Like I really try to be efficient and make sure like every calendar block is just signaled off, and like I have a specific things like. I need to do X, Y, and Z today, and if I don't do it, I'm not gonna sleep until I do it, basically. Mm. And that's just um, school's actually been interesting, like, and it's I think it's counterintuitive, but um, I think students should potentially try that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Absolutely. So like what are some of the resources that you use every single day? Um, you know, you mentioned you know some of your habits, but like, what are some of the resources specifically? Um, do you use uh, like a, a specific app to kind of help you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure you have communication skills throughout your yeah. throughout your organization as well. But what are some of the things that that make you better personally?
1: Uh-huh. I would say uh, the two major tools are Wunderlist, um, which is just like a to do. It's it's the simple to do list, but like um, it works. In my opinion, it's probably the one of the best to do lists. Um, and then also just sunrise calendar. Um, those two are probably just made the ones I use.
0: Okay. Yeah. So d- tell me a little bit about your life, uh, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, and a student. Yeah. When does it usually begin? And you know, when does it usually end?
1: What do you mean? Like as in like the day, particular days?
0: Yeah. A particular day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess so, like, uh, I, I'm pretty focused on like health at least. So I try to like get up really early. Um, and just like go work out every morning and that like really gets me and like a lot of my other entrepreneurial friends, like right in the mood, right? Like I'm just pumped up for the rest of the day. Um, and then after that, like being a student and also running companies extremely, um, it's just crazy to say the least. And so I guess what ends up happening is like just classes throughout the, throughout the day. And that in the, in between like, you know, advisor meetings, customer meetings, um, you know, m- meetings with the team, um, reaching out to people reaching out investors Um, and that's just like it just randomly throughout the day just sprinkled without so classes and then sprinkled throughout the day Um, all these you know random meetings or things to do I guess
0: do you usually what time do you usually wake up
1: like uh, eight ish
0: okay and are you more so lifting weights or running I'm both okay and uh, you know how how hard is it for you to eat throughout your day
1: I, so, I've actually, like, um, for the last, like, four, two or three months, I've been really focusing on this concept of Never Eat Alone, mm-hmm. um, was Keith Farazi's whole concept. Um, like, this, this year in particular, I've been really focusing on people um, and understanding how people work, how to influence them, how to understand them, how to put myself in their shoes so that, like, I guess employees or, like, coworkers or whatever, they're not business transactions, they're really, like, personal connections and, like, we're invested in each other as people, not as business partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I've really been focusing on. And so I try to get meals with, like, even if I do less work in a day, I try to get two meals with two different people every single day. Mm.
0: And it has have you seen a progression throughout your uh, yeah throughout your life because of
1: that? I think so, definitely. I think I've become. I, it's just like, I guess it's a, it's a number thing, right? Like, with the more conversations you have, we would deep with other people. I guess I've learned really how to, in a sense, like try, like I'm trying very hard to, like, um, how to, I guess, make people like you and how to understand what they're going through so that you may be able to provide value to them and they provide value to you mm. um, in a personal way. It's not like, again, like, it's not networking. It's like, I really do care about you I'm trying to understand you um, and just making yourself vulnerable to them so that they, they open up to you and you just, you both learn from each other. Um, Because you're genuinely interested, genuinely interested in them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Where where did this all begin? Um, Are your parents entrepreneurial?
1: Um, Not so much. I mean, um, my dad does uh, engineering. He he, engineering consulting, I guess. Um, But for me, I guess it began with education. Um, So I'm like, I'm not. So in high school, like, I was very against the high school education system. Um, in the sense that I felt that high school really was forcing people to just memorize stuff, memorize, 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 and then you spit everything you memorized onto an exam, and you get graded on it, and then you compare yourself to others, right? Mm-hmm. And so people were focusing so much on the memorizing that they weren't even they weren't really learning, mm-hmm. right? And you know they came, a lot of people were coming out of high school very unprepared, not only for college but generally. Um, you know, they couldn't do taxes, they couldn't let sign a check, you know, they couldn't do simple things, you know, if they had a flat tire, like how to fix a flat tire, how to understand how fi- basic finance and accounting works, um, general problem solving, how to build products, how to code, um, managing, working with people, managing, like the simple things that I think we really need in life, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on this education concept, I became really involved in just education reform and writing about education. And speaking about education um, and based on that I think entrepreneurship kind of led hand in hand with that. Um, that I felt like the best way for me to develop myself and to learn while simultaneously like potentially having an impact on the world was entrepreneurship.
0: Mm. Yeah. So you wrote a book. Uh, yeah. Um, how did that book help you uh, pr- or propel you throughout your career?
1: I think just like superficially, like it was just a crazy experience. I mean, like it was extremely difficult. You know, I I, I wrote it after my senior year. It was called What High School Didn't Teach Me. Um, basically a recent graduate's perspective on how schools are killing creativity by forcing students to memorize stuff rather than teaching them how to problem solve and pursue projects based learning. Um, and I kind of, it was, it was incredibly difficult to just sit down and say, okay, I have to write 2,000 words, 3,000 words today, and again, I'm not going to sleep until I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes, like, I felt like I was spending eight, nine hours just trying to write 500 words, and it just, there's nothing there, right? Um, but in the, in, in the so it was just going through that process was incredibly rewarding, Um more generally, though, like I think it's just been a huge validator, um, and it's opened up huge amounts of doors. Mm. Um, because now it's just like you know this guy, it, it it makes yourself like more, like believable. Like even though you are 19, like I can trust you in a sense, right? If I'm if I'm an investor, if I'm advisor, whatever. Like if I'm some someone more successful, so to say, who has more experience, I can trust this guy a little bit more, um, and it's opened huge doors. So. Like now, like in terms of writing opportunities, speaking opportunities, um, I think just like voicing my opinion has become a little bit easier. Mm.
0: And so I also saw um, that you were in TED Talks as well. Yeah. Is that, do you think that stemmed from more so your, your business or more so your book? I,
1: I think like um, it just goes hand in hand again. Like um, I think like education is like fundamental in my story for entrepreneurship um and it's like education is like i mean our standardization governmental education is the motive for me to become entrepreneurial and um so i think it goes hand in hand like i always i always mention education and when i speak i guess
0: yeah so do you believe that there's a formula in order to become uh, a successful entrepreneur and if so what do you think that formula looks like
1: so on on that point i think i think um my personal belief is that every single person is an entrepreneur in some regards, right? You know, or maybe, maybe not an entrepreneur, but a salesman, right? You know, we consistently, like, we may not be, we may not all be selling cars, but at the same time, we're all selling ourselves in a sense, right? Our, our Facebook profile is like we're selling ourselves in a sense. Our LinkedIn, obviously Um, Twitter, we're selling ourselves. Whenever you have a conversation with other, other people, you consistently have to sell them about something, you know. Sell, okay, like what restaurant should I go to? This is why we should go to this restaurant. Where, what, where should we go for vacation? Like, you're consistently trying to convince people of something, because um, it's like minor, small negotiations, right? Um, and so, I believe that everyone is an entrepreneur. Some people just use entrepreneurship, um, I guess, and try to either make money or make a difference with it, right? Um, and so in terms of becoming an entrepreneur, like, I think it's just that mentality shift, right, to taking that intrinsic entrepreneurship, salesmanship that every single one of us has inside of us, and then changing the mindset of it a little bit and saying, okay, how can I capitalize on this? Mm. Um, I think that's, that's, and, and based on that, like, once you have that mindset change, then of course you can take certain steps, I guess, certain sure. steps made. I think the certain the main step is just to say screw it, let's do it. Right? That's that's Richard uh, Richard Branson's big thing. Let's just make it happen. Just go do it. Right? Right? Um, Yeah.
0: So so the blind entrepreneur is somebody who um, you may not know exactly what to do, but they have an idea, and uh, they're looking on TV and they're seeing all these companies being evaluated for billions and billions of dollars, and they're like, man, all I have to do is quit my job and and do that. And although that's extremely risky. Right. What are three pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody that's just starting out and it's on the cusp of, uh, you know, maybe quitting?
1: Right. I think it's important to um, not quit straight out. Um, So if you look at it, though, like, for example, in San Francisco in tech, right, um, a lot of the people that started successful companies, um, they worked at major tech firms before. So they'll be working at Amazon. They'll be working at eBay. They'll be working at PayPal, whatever they may be working at, right? Um, and just like one or two of them, their their coworkers, two co-founders, um, just like good friends at this firm, let's say Amazon, have this crazy idea, and they're like, "Okay, um, let's start building it out while we're still at Amazon, right?" So now they're still getting consistent cash flows; they're still getting money to become, to to live, basically, right? Um, and simultaneously, they're spending their nights coding it out, building it out, finding customers. Making sure there's a product market fit, um, right, and then the point becomes okay. Like this is big enough. I think the opportunity is there. Maybe they re- raise a seed round, um, and now like they're like okay, screw Amazon, let's do a build this. Um, I think that's important rather than just saying like just jump your ju- just jump out. Um, you know, I think that's and I think that's what I, like I'm trying to do with school. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ideal the hundred percent ideal would be that third eye becomes. Incredibly successful, but if it doesn't, then all well, school is still there, mm. um, you know? So I think that's important. Um,
0: so number one is, is, do you know, be careful, build it out first, create right. maybe an MVP. Right, exactly. Um, number two?
1: Number two, I would say, um, I would say like the biggest thing is like finding that right co-founder. Mm. Um, I feel like, and, and me as well, I feel like I spent, I spent so much time trying to build the product um, and like, and definitely like um, talking to the customer, making sure there's product market fit, making sure it's a product that people want, so that you know we don't spend a crap ton of time making it and then nobody wants it. But I focused last time on the co-founder. You know, I kind of picked somebody who I knew was a brilliant engineer, but somebody that wasn't perhaps as dedicated as me uh, for this particular idea, and that just leads to like a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think number two would definitely be like, make sure you work with your co-founder, whoever this person may be, and you really understand what this person is like um, while working on a project. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you think you may know this person really well because you know you work together, but like I think it's important that you know what that person is like when like he's at the he or she's at the bottom of the trenches, when stuff goes completely haywire. Um, because it will go completely haywire in your startup, and you need to be able to, you need to know that this person and you can get along when stuff goes wrong, and you will be able to rebound rather than just getting inconsistent arguments all day about menial, stupid stuff, basically.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, third.
1: Um, third, I would say like uh, once you have that uh, that that co-founder, and you kind of have some idea that you're incredibly passionate about. Um, on the idea note, like make sure you're, you're not starting a company just for the sake of doing it, you know, because again, if you're doing starting a company just for the sake of doing it, then when stuff goes wrong, you'll be inclined to say, okay, I mean like who gives like, like, let's just, let's just get rid of it. Let's move on to the next idea. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you won't be inclined to like really figure out a solution, really work hard to figure it out. Um, You'll be more likely to give up. Um, but if it's a problem that you really, really, really deeply care about, like you want to solve this problem, you're going to make it happen. Um, then when stuff goes wrong, you'll rebound very fast and you'll be like, okay, like it didn't work out. Let's figure it out another way.
0: Sure, sure. No, that's great advice. And uh, thank you for that. There's uh, one last question and it's yeah. my personal favorite. Yeah. So imagine you had the worst day of your life you're, yeah. It's it's raining out. It's uh it's just nasty. Maybe you know you lost a client and and uh, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, you had a, you're having a terrible day. Yeah. And you need to pick me up. Yeah. What's the first thing that you will grab to eat in order to rise to your spirits?
1: Um, probably coffee. Coffee.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you drink coffee throughout the day or?
1: No, I mean like I'm trying to prevent that. It's just like um I'm trying to not become addicted to it so that when you actually need it, it. It um, it doesn't work, so to say. But like, I don't know, for me, coffee is just like a, uh, it's like a psychological thing more than the caffeine. It just gets me in the wor- like mood of, okay, like, either relax a little bit, like, it's like chill down, or more like, okay, like, chill, but at the same time, like, get stuff done. Right. Um, it's more like re- reju- rejuvenation, like, wake up, enjoy life, and let's make this happen.
0: Any specific coffee at all?
1: Yeah. Uh, and starbucks whatever mean, pike whatever, whatever you get your hands on <laughs> exactly
0: yeah cool awesome man well thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it if you could just plug your business and how people can contact you and find you
1: yeah so yeah third eye uh you guys can contact me at um support or like rajat at third
0: fantastic and your your website
1: third awesome
0: thank yep. you for your time and have a good rest of your day
1: thank you so much jonathan
0: mm-hmm.